Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Beyond Grit with me, Robert Young. So this weekend I did a lot of hiking. Uh, if you know me, you know that uh, Nicole and I love to hike. Um, recently we um, brought a new dog into the family, which is Rosie, and she is a feisty eight-pound uh, Boston Terrier. So Early on, we took her hiking with Gus. So Gus is our boxer, and he loves to get out in the woods, and he loves to hike. So she just trails right behind him. And um, first time we went out, she was a little slow. She's getting better and better and better. And uh, this past weekend, we did some awesome hikes. Uh, One of them was almost eight and a half miles, um, and it was the Big Bald via the Appalachian Trail. All of these hikes that I do, I use All Trails, and uh, All Trails is a super cool app um, that I use, and I can find them and store them and map them and uh, download the map so I don't get lost out on the trail. But big ball via the Appalachian Trail. If you guys like to hike, this goes up to a bald um, above 5,000 foot and 360 degree views. It was incredible so and she hiked the entire way so rosie's a girl if you didn't know by rosie she hiked the entire way and even when gus started slowing down on the way back she was taking the lead so we did a couple um hikes and that one was probably our favorite the second one we did was the rich mountain tower hike one thing about that Nicole was was um, reading some reviews on it, and somebody actually asked uh, or said that there's uh, was a rattlesnake sighting uh, on the trail. And I really haven't seen any rattlesnakes in North Carolina, but sure enough, we were going up, and we were just got off the AT, and we were taking the little side trail up to the fire tower, and there were two other gentlemen a little ways up, and they yelled back that there was a rattlesnake. So we came up. And sure enough, there it was on the side of the trail, blended right in. And uh, the only reason they knew is because it started rattling at them to let it know that it was there. But um, there's snakes out there, and there's copperheads, and and now this was my first was a, a rattlesnake sighting. So if you go hiking, I you know I don't I carry stuff in, in case I get hurt. I carry stuff to get me out of bad situations. Um, but I really, I, I don't carry a gun on the trail. And some people have asked about that. And some people do and some people don't. Uh, I just don't. Um, and it's personal preference. But uh, I never expected to see a rattlesnake, which uh, was, you know, pretty crazy, um, to say the least. But you got up there and... It was a really cool fire tower up there, and you had some amazing views. Not as good as Big Bald, so just keep that in mind. It wasn't as good. But um, hiking was good. Puppy's uh, growing up. She's getting crazier than ever, but uh, good stories. So my guest this week is Tina Call. So Tina Call was originally from Michigan, and turns out she grew up in a town couple towns over from where I grew up and um, ended up going into real estate there in Michigan. And she didn't start out that real estate was going to be her gig. She was going to school and I think uh, she wanted to get a psychology degree. Somebody said, come over here, check out this real estate stuff. And instantly she got the real estate bug. 
she was very successful realtor in Michigan and then closed shop in Michigan and moved to North Carolina. And they moved to North Carolina because they were looking for better weather. And I can relate. And that's one of the reasons we moved to North Carolina was for better weather. But she came here and she took off, hasn't looked back. She's been in real estate for over 20 years. She's consistently ranked in the top 1% of realtors nationwide. Um, she had over $100 million in sales in 2019, number one team in the state of North Carolina and South Carolina for EXP Realty. She is a TED Talk speaker, um, top five team out of 9,000 realtors in the Triangle uh, area of Raleigh and or Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. She's been featured on HGTV, uh, Platinum Club, Chairman's Club, Lifetime Achievement Awards. I mean, you name it, and she's done it. She's been very successful, and now she's building her team and building her team uh, through mentorship and coaching and trying to get people to be their best and understand one of her biggest things is for people to understand their why like why are you doing this or why do we do anything and once we can figure out what our why is all of a sudden we can start laying out the framework for what we want to achieve uh, everybody's why is different so finding out what your why is will allow you to start creating that path to get to what you want and to get to your why. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, get a hot tea, whatever you like, relax, and I hope you enjoy the show. Tina, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me, Robert. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So, so what do you what are you doing nowadays? So I watch you and and I see your Instagram and I see the different things and you are very busy nowadays. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Well, what's funny is um I am very busy but in a different way. Um I'm finally uh, I, I call it finally financially free to where I can kind of wake up and do what I want and not worry about, oh my God, the bills are coming and how do I pay? So I feel like at 42, um, I finally can say I'm, I'm free and my day is filled with inspiring, um, helping agents, um, coaching agents, helping buyers and sellers with my agents and, um, you know, just having, um, having a little more time in the day. So yeah. do you, yeah. do you, do you enjoy, um, that part of the business better I than do. selling or is it just something that's totally different in each end? Um, it's totally different. So I, you know, I obviously love real estate 20, this will be my 22nd year. And um, I live and breathe real estate all day long. So I love fixing, flipping, um, getting into syndication now. So everything real estate still, you, you know, is, is in my life. Um, but my day to day has changed through the years as we hit different metrics. And I went from being a single agent to a uh, team leader to now an operator with a, a true business, um, my day-to-day -day has changed. So I finally feel like I've 
gotten to the place where um, I have a true business where it can run without me, thank God. And now I'm freed up to do a few different ventures that I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Little side projects. Yeah. Yeah. Did you always picture yourself being um, in this type of role or at this level of success? You know, um, no, because I still in my mind feel like there's so much to do, right? There's, there's never um, a moment in my life where I become complacent to not think about what's next. It's just the way that I'm wired, you know, in my mind, I'm like, okay, what else can we do? What else can we do? What's next? Um, I need to be, um, I need to have passion in my projects. And so I start to, I, I have a passion thermometer. And if the passion is gone in something and I'm not having fun anymore, I know it's time for a change. And so what started to happen for me after 17 years of grinding in the business, uh, because I think grinding was a badge of honor. I'm grinding it out. I'm selling more homes. I'm helping more people. Um, when the grind is over and, and you start to lose the passion of the day to day, then I, I needed to pivot. And so my pivot was starting the team, um, helping my agents find financial freedom and build really big careers, become leaders. Um, so to watch people evolve and say, hey, I did it. And I was just this little Greek girl in Michigan without a college degree. You can do it too. Let me help you. Here's how I did it. That's truly what my passion is now is, is helping people build their own little empire, however big or small it is. Um, just believing in them before they believe in themselves and then watching the change happen in their life um, fills my day. Yeah. How many people are on your team now? So we have, uh, we have six ad, uh, administration, you know, including myself. So six leadership positions, and then we have um, 20 age or 19 agents. Okay. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's small and mighty. Um, huh. Yeah. Yeah. Last doesn't year. doesn't have to be told- big and, and not mighty. No, no. Last year, I think we had 11 agents. I sold about 35, 40 homes last year. Um, coming down from 2019, it was 130 and then 40. And then this year, maybe 10 just for fun. Um, but we sold 370 homes, almost 70 homes last year with 11. Wow. So, so we're shooting for 500 this year um, with 20, 25 people. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, yeah. do they go out and, and call and and hit the streets and stuff like that? Or do they work your leads? How do they? Yeah. So it's a, it's a pleasure of everything. You know, they, um, I meet people where they're at now. I've learned that, that not everyone wants to grow their business by hammering the phones, even though I think every single real estate agent on the planet should understand how to have the language skills, the conversion skills, the presentation skills, um, no matter what, if you cold call expired visibles or circle dial, or you buy leads and these are cold leads that, you know, just clicked on a website and they don't know that you're going to be calling either way. They're all pretty cold and you got to warm them up mm-hmm. unless someone physically calls says, Hey, Tina, I want you to list my home. And now I'm transferring it over to a senior partner in my business. I think everybody has to learn to do that. So my agents are allowed to list and they're allowed to, to work with buyers. They're allowed to pretty much build their own business from the ground up. And I want them to get to the point where they believe that they can leave the team, but they don't want to because they love the feeling of the community uh, vibe. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's one of the things um, I miss a little bit um, with 
the model, the XP model. And all it is, is me finding, you know, people to work with. But I, I sometimes miss that collaboration with people, you know, because you learn a lot through other people's mistakes and fortunes and things of that nature. Um, And you you could even build a little bit around it. You know, when I built our model here, um, every Friday I opened the doors and started a mastermind group. And so that's kind of how it grew. So there's really, you could do that in your area and mm -hmm. you just kind of all get together and inspire one another. So that's kind of a, a thought. So you didn't get to this position overnight. So what were... When did you start cutting your teeth? Like what got you into real estate? Yeah. So um, I was in, I was actually in college, um, not really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, I definitely wasn't like the smartest bulb as far as like math and, you know, it just didn't, it didn't jive with me. I knew I would never be an engineer or a doctor. Just that was not my path. So I was great with people. And I actually wanted to be a therapist. I wanted to be a psychologist or possibly a social worker, just helping people solve problems. Mm -hmm. And so that was my path. And um, my parents pushed us to buy an investment property. And so at 19 years old, my husband, well, at that time, boyfriend, um, we met at 16. We've been together ever since. Um, We bought our first investment property. We met an agent and she was amazing. And she really saw in me the, the tenacity, you know, I went out there and found all these properties and would, you know, just really drive around all day looking for deals. And she said, you'd be great. So they helped me get my real estate license and the rest was history. You know, I sold a bunch of homes, made a good amount of money, 80, 90 grand my first year. Um, and I found my niche, you know, I thought Mm -hmm. it was, this was it for me. So so I was, yeah, 20, 22 years old, 21, 22. And, um, and that's where I started in Detroit, Michigan. Where were you in the, um, in the Detroit metropolitan area or were you in the suburb of Detroit? In a suburb. So where? I grew up in Warren and um, we okay. were in Gross Point at the time. My husband and I lived in Harper Woods, which was right next to Gross Point. And then my office signed in Monaghan GMAC real estate was in gross point. So I, I literally jumped into sort of a luxury market at the time. And, and the agents in my office were amazing. I mean, we, you know, they were listing at the time, 20 years ago, million dollar, million half, $2 million homes. So I got to tour and really kind of get an idea of what I wanted my life to look like as far as from a home or a lifestyle, you know, here I am around a very affluent, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bunch of agents and uh, and people that live in the neighborhoods. And so I, at a young age, would watch and see and go, hmm, how are they doing it? How are these people getting to this level of success? And so I already had an opinion in my mind that I could get there if I just worked hard. Key, worked Key. hard. And, yeah. you yeah. know, worked hard every day. And And working hard doesn't mean you have to kill yourself. Correct. Working hard and working hard with a with a plan. Um, it's funny. I grew up in Michigan my entire life, and I worked. Well, uh, we lived. I met my wife, and we lived in Rochester. So, yeah, yeah. and I worked. I was a fireman in Sterling Heights, so I was right next to you. And yeah, you were. It was a good area. It was a good. It was a good it's place. A great area. Yeah, my mom lives there now in Sterling Heights. So. Oh, does she? Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, I mean, now my whole family literally is between Warren, Sterling Heights and Macomb Township. So, oh yeah, um, yeah, we're there every year visiting. And so, yeah, it's a huge part of my life. I left at 30, 
one. So 31 years in that, in that area. I know. And if it wasn't for the winters. Well, that, that was it. That was it. I was just done with it. I was done with the gray and we had, we could choose um, when we were moving, it was either New York, San Francisco or, or Charlotte. And um, my wife had been working down here for a year and it was, um, it was during the whole mix up with the the housing crisis, which kind of overflowed into her business. And we'll touch on that too. Um, That kind of brought us here, but uh, all right, back to your story. So you're in Michigan and you decided to stop it and pick up and move. Yeah. So we, well, what really happened was in 2006. So I was trudging along, you know, selling homes, making a hundred, 125 grand a year, which to, in my family, I had made it right. I was rich um, because that was the level of, of wealth that anyone had ever achieved the, the highest level. And so, you know, at that point, um, 2006 came around and, and the market started to tank. And now instead of selling 150 or $200,000 homes, I'm selling $60,000 short sales so it became not fun very quickly. And my income went from 125 to 40. And so I started to um, leave the business actually. And I, I wanted to do uh, interior design. I thought I'm going to pull an ad in the yellow pages, all in a day design, which I did. I got two customers immediately and I started to shift into, I'm just going to go be an interior designer. I love that. I love to put houses together and renovate. And um, by Thankfully, I prayed about this constantly. You know, I really loved real estate, but I, it wasn't fun anymore. I was cleaning out my desk, Robert, and I found this brochure and it said, earn a million dollars in real estate through this coaching program. So of course, what did I do? I took the paper, I crumpled it up and I threw it away because I'm like, I can't afford two grand a month. And, and that was sitting in, in my file cabinet for seven years. Um, the next day, as I was cleaning out my desk and I'm on my email, I see, hey, come join us at the Action Workshop. It's the same company pitching us to come locally and, and figure out how to make a million dollars. So I grabbed my broker, four agents in my office. I'm like, come on, guys, let's go. Maybe there's something we can learn. We're all struggling. And um, so we all get there and we're sitting down and all these agents are standing up and they're saying, hey, my name is so-so and I make 300,000. My name is so, so, and I'm not struggling in this market. I make 500,000. And so in my mind, I'm like, man, if these kids and guys and gals are doing it, I could too. So I get up and go to the bathroom and who walks out of the bathroom, a top, top agent in gross point, Baleen Obide. And this agent crushes it. Like we're, our office meetings are about how she's taking all the listings, getting all the price reductions. We're all scratching our head going, how is this woman doing it in her late sixties at the time? And so she sees me, I see her and I stop her and I'm like, Belene, what the heck are you doing here at a training event? You know, not correlating the fact that she is with this coaching company. And so we, long story short, she tells me, hey kid, if you want to be successful, you need to surround yourself with big thinking people. You need to read books about self-improvement daily. And at that time I had not read a book in a long time. And, um, and you need to basically hire a coach. And so she left and, and walked away. And I was like, man, okay, I'm going to hire a coach. And so I grabbed my credit card. I knew my husband would kill me, but I just said, I'm doing this. And I was the only one out of five of us, six of us that were there that signed up immediately. And I could not afford that thousand dollars, but I could not afford to not do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that changed my life. My coach at the time, um, taught me how to get on the phones as scared as I was, as much as I hated it, 
I'd rather give birth at the time than get on the phones and cold call, but I did it. And, um, and that changed the trajectory of my life. And so I went from 40,000 right back to 150 that next year. I learned how to, <clears throat> how to have a presentation, how to have a schedule, how to go after sellers and buyers and, and just really build a business. So with armed with that knowledge, now we started to dream bigger because my coach is saying, well, if you could live anywhere, where would you live? If you could have enough money in the bank, what would you do? She started to expand my mind. And once it's expanded, it doesn't retract. And so that's where Kevin and I were like, well, we'd love to live somewhere warm. Well, where? By when? You know, so she's giving me my goals and my dreams, but we have now deadlines. That's what a coach does. Yeah. And so within 12 months, we had landed in North Carolina. We had sold off our business. We had put somebody in place there to, to cater to the clients that were still coming in. And boom, now we have a new business uh, to start up back over again in 2010. Um, and then again, that first year we sold 30 homes, then 50 plus, then 80, then 130, four years in here in a new market. Um, and you know, we did whatever it took and it was five hours a day on the phones looking for buyers and sellers and it was grueling, but, but we did it. Were there ever like, what the heck did I just do moments? Every day, every yep. day, every day. It was funny because I didn't list a home for six months. So in my mind, I'm like, what are we doing? We're running out of money. You know, Kevin kept going, Hey, we have this much in our account. We have this much in our account. We have this much in our account. Okay. I'm going to have to get a job if you can't get more listings, you know? So it was, it was grueling and it was, you know, we fought about money and we fought about who was going to get on the phones next and make the next cold call. And, you know, why aren't we getting these listings? Why aren't these listings selling? You know, it was, it was a shift to be in a new environment and not know how to get out of your neighborhood without a GPS and then go have to advise people to sell their home. Um, very, very intimidating. But um, I think finally I hit rock bottom and my coach said, you know, a house is a house is a house. You know, you're the queen. You put your crown back on, you get your ass out there and you help these people sell their homes. You know what you're doing. And, um, and it took her saying that saying, you know, put your crown back on and a house is a house. Like it doesn't matter that you're not in the location you grew up in. You can read comps, you can use your gut and you can help these people. And so um, from there, I started to land more and more. And I think we sold 30 in that next six month period. And we finally got out of, you know, out of, um, out of debt and had some money in the bank, had some security and, and started to believe that this was going to happen. Was Kevin always kind of a partner? No. So, no. So he, um, the reason we wanted to move was to get him out of the car business. He was working 70 hours, 80 hours a week. I never saw him. I was a single parent because he was gone at 7 a.m. And on his early nights home at 7 p.m., his late nights, 10 p.m. So he did have the weekends off when I would be gone. So it was like we were just two ships passing in the night. And, um, and it wasn't, it wasn't a lifestyle that we knew that we wanted to sustain. And so we said, okay, if we move to North Carolina, you'll get your license. We'll do it together to build it. He knew that I was the show. He calls it, you're the show. So you go out and do what you're good at. I'll help at home base and I'll prospect while you're gone. And I'll start helping on the back end of the business. And as we started to grow, we hired an assistant. So the three of us got up to 130 deals um, you know, and, and it was grueling, but it, I was so dedicated to seeing a million dollars on my tax return. That was my goal. It was like, I had it there. One million, one million. I need to gross a million dollars to say that I've made it, you know, in life. Yep. And, um, and we finally did it and it was hard. And I wouldn't recommend 
another human being doing it that way. I promise you there are smarter ways. And now I can teach that. Um, but you know, that's all I had in front of me was my will and and desire to do it. And so we did it. No, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, so you said, you know, before we started recording that there are, you have like five pivotal moments in your life that got you where you are today. Um, what are those? Well, I think, you know, as a human, you know, I'm sure people have asked you, Robert, what's your why? What's your why? Why do you get out of bed? What's your purpose? And I think every human being needs to have a purpose in front of them to feel, um, you know, just to feel like they're doing something meaningful in their life. And so when I reflect back, my whys have changed based on the new goal in front of me, right? So my why, like everyone is usually your family or to support yourself if you don't have kids or your dogs or whatever your why is, right? Um, that's always going to be the, the the first and foremost thing is supporting your family and not being homeless. But you know, in in my life, my pivotal moments were um, the first time I met for, of course, my husband. So I think picking your life partner is a pivotal moment. You can pick wrong, and you can pick right. And thank God, I picked right, and yeah. and we've been together this long. So because of him, we had our child. And so that was a pivotal moment, becoming a mother. So our relationship is first. Michael entered our world and thank God I was able to, you know, give birth and have a child. So I became mom. And then, then it was meeting Mike Ferry, who was the first person in my world to expand my mindset, to believe that, Hey, he grew up in a trailer park and now he's worth a hundred million dollars. And the way that he did it was helping others get what they want. And so he helped me understand that there is a big world out there, no matter what your education is or your background or where you come from, if you just work hard enough, you can have those things too. And so that was a pivotal moment. This, the, the fourth would be um, moving away from my hometown it was an amazing experience to just shift and, and leave what you know and come into a new experience with new um new things that inspire you. So coming to North Carolina was a huge change. And then finally, for me, um, I was looking for financial freedom, not so much the financial part. I knew how to make money. Our team was very profitable, but freedom, meaning that money was coming in in my sleep, money was coming in through investments that could support my family. Should I decide not to have this team? Should I decide not to sell real estate? Could my family be supported with what I've built residually? And my fifth Um, final piece was finding EXP. So EXP made me free financially in the last two years. So those were so far the pivotal moments. And I know that I'll have more. I mean, I want to start a foster care, uh, fostering freedom, fostering hope, um, a charity basically that helps kids that are aging out of foster care that are not adopted, come in and figure out how to build wealth change their mindset, get their real estate license, teach them to have a family, a work family like we have at EXP. Um, so I know that there'll be other pivotal moments in the future, but so far those are the five okay. where my trajectory of my life changed. Okay. Um, how did you handle um, being a mom mm-hmm. and working? And I know uh-huh. that being a mom and a, a high producer Mm-hmm. and an executive there's the cost and then there's the you know they 
do you ever feel like I wasn't mom enough? Or did that? You know, yeah, I think that every woman or man, you know, I mean, men, you know, that back in the day, you know, I grew up with the man goes to work, the woman stays home and cooks and cleans and watches the children. That was my Greek Italian, right? Upbringing. Mm -hmm. And watching my mother and watching my aunts, I always said, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to have my husband go out and I'm just left like a deer in headlights, not knowing how to take care of myself. So I, I actually made a commitment to myself that I would never depend on anyone but myself. And if my husband wanted to contribute to the family, awesome, but we would be partners. And so, um, so that was it for me. I, I needed to know that I could support myself. So I wanted to teach my child that no matter what, mom did sacrifice to build this career because I find that a lot of us, you know, after our children are raised, we're left going, okay, now what's my purpose? You know, mom duties are over, right? My son's 16 now. He does not need me. He he needs to make sure he doesn't get in trouble and there's barriers and boundaries, but he doesn't need me to watch him. He's a man, right? He's growing into a young man. So if I hadn't built my business, I don't know what my purpose would be right now. I'd have to go rediscover it. And so I never wanted to, knowing that that time of need is going to end, I wanted to build something for me, but I still struggle these days thinking back going, oh man, I, I, I could have had more time because now I want him to shrink down to a two-year-old and just revisit those days being financially free, I wish I could go back and just relive that as a free woman financially. Um, yeah. But it is what it is. It was the sacrifice and I don't regret it. Um, but I do wish I had a little more time, you know, with him because it goes by fast. Oh my God. It goes by so fast. And you try to, you end up sounding like the old person when we were growing yeah. up and yes. it's over yeah. before you know it. And it, and it truly yeah. is, you know, my daughter, like I said, she's 28. I doubt she's going to move back in and live here. Right. My son's getting ready to go off to uh, college next year. Yeah. Um, it's funny, you know, because you you talk about the role and the role of the man and going and working and the role of the woman and staying at home. And, and it was yeah. completely kind of reversed. It was equal until we moved. And, right. you know, and for being a a woman and a successful woman, her father was very nervous because we were moving and I was leaving the fire department and the fire department had, there was stability there. You know, yeah. I wasn't going to lose my job. And I remember she challenged him one time because my, I, she has a sister and, and a brother-in-law and she said, you know, dad, if, if Aaron was moving from Michigan for his job, would you question this at all? And he's like, yeah. no, I wouldn't. So she's like, you need to believe in me, you know, exactly. that, that I can do it. And it was, it was a change and it's good that your son sees that. Mm -hmm. And it was good that my kids saw that. And, yes. you know, so no, that that's good because, you know, people struggle with that. Like, Oh, I should have been here more. And, and we all do. It doesn't matter who yeah. you are. And I think, you know, my husband, same thing. He took a role of, you know, he left, he was the breadwinner for the first, you know, umpteen years of our marriage and life. And then he took kind of a back seat and he was the one home with Michael at two o'clock. He was the one doing the grocery shopping. He was the one running the CEO of the household. Cause no matter if it's the man or the woman, 
you have to be a CEO to run that household. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it's another job in and of itself. And then he had all the duties at our office as well. So I think it takes a really um, confident man um, yep. to, to switch out, right? Because he was like, honey, I'm proud of you. Like if you found the secret sauce for our family and you want to do this, like he made sure that I wanted to do this um, he knew he wasn't going to, you know, make me stop or stay home, honey, let me go work yeah. at this job because you want to cook dinner like that. I don't yeah. cook. So it's, oh my yeah. God, it does take yeah. a strong person. I remember the guys and and not so much anymore. They're, they're all like, oh, did your wife buy you something pretty today? Exactly. Did your, they're all jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't, I'm okay. Yeah, whatever. It takes a very strong man, very. And I, I'm so proud of both of you, right? Because it's true. It's like, what do you care? You're a unit. And if yes. one is doing better than the other, let's just celebrate that, you yep. know? And, and the one has to be there in order for the other one to success, Correct. to excel. Correct. And people, you know, they just need to realize that, that there's a role. And you couldn't be where you're at without the support here. Correct. And he couldn't be where he is without the support there. You Correct. know, or so it's we, just we a could have. We could have still gotten there, but we would have given up our children having a mom or dad with them 24 seven. Yeah. And that's, we didn't want to give that up because that is such an amazing opportunity for the kids to have you yep. there right by their side versus a nanny all day. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it is, it is really a gift. Yeah. Um, are you happy here in, in North Carolina? I like love it? it. Oh my God. I still drive down the street and I, I have friends that have grew up here and I'm like, do you smell the pine? And they're like, no, I'm like, I, I swear it smells like pine still to me, but they yeah. don't smell it because I'm used to smelling Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't smell different. the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. a little different. It's amazing though, how Detroit has, has changed in the short period of time that we've been down here. You know, yes. I've been here for, you know, 10 years, you've been here for like 12 years and to go mm-hmm. back into the city I remember we used to go down to um, Detroit and we'd go to concerts and we'd go to, yeah. I think it was the magic stick off Woodward. Yes. Yeah. Across the street. And then we'd, we'd run across Woodward and we'd go to the show and then I would run back over and grab the car and get her and we'd leave. Right. And a couple of years ago we went there for Christmas and it is lit up down Woodward. Oh yeah. Marshes park all the way down. And it's, you know, we never had the city like you, you never really had a city to go to. So, no, no. um, but, but it's good. You know, I love it here. I don't think we'll go unless we head out West and go to where the mountains are. Exactly. Like I know we, Kevin and I really would love to have a home in Costa Rica. So that's next on the list. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because a lot of what I do today um, Zooms, you know, I'm doing Zooms all day long with agents, helping them grow their business. I have my team who runs without me and then Mackenzie runs the team. So we could literally go live in Costa Rica when Michael graduates for three, four months at a stretch and, um, and still have an awesome, you know, business that's running without us. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's something to be proud of. Yeah. Huge. Something to be proud of that. You you don't have to wait until you're, you know, 60 to go and do that. Yeah. You get to enjoy it now when we're, that was the goal. Yeah. We always said, you know, cause people say dream big, dream big. What's your big dream. I'm like to retire by 45 was always on our dream board mm-hmm. and we never knew how we would do it, but we just knew that's what we wanted. 
Kevin is turning 44 this year. He's retired. So he fishes all day and he does his whatever. He knows I could never really turn my brain off, but, um, but I know by 45, I'll be able to kind of just really, you know, just really pivot and, and live a little, Mm -hmm. um, more than I do now. So good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Um, did, was the move making the move to, um, EXP realty, a big catalyst to where you're at today? Um, just a, another helpful thing. Yeah. You know, for me, you know, and I know there's, you know, I think I loved our last brokerages. I loved Remax. I loved every broker I worked with. Um, it wasn't anything against them. It was more just I needed to position my life where there were more opportunity vehicles for me and my people, because the biggest thing is I knew I had to recruit to build a team and you constantly have to recruit talent. You have to train them and then hope to retain them in the the brokerage, right? And on the team. And so I was either going to go independent. And my worry was if I go independent, but yet there is this other entity out there that can give stock and revenue share and collaboration and training and leads and basically a business in the box for $85 a month. How do I compete with that? So I was more afraid to go and compete with it. Mm -hmm. So I thought if I can't compete with it, let's join it and see if it's true that these people are so collaborative and there's a different energy. And I know you know this now. I mean, there is a different energy. Agents are happier we're thriving, we're um, in charge of our own business and the financial freedom from helping others get what they want came, right? And so now now I'm free to kind of go, this is how I built it. This is what I did do. This is what I didn't do. And they'll go, why are you helping me? Because I'm an incentivized leader. I'm incentivized by my brokerage to help you. So instead of your broker or the, the brokerage being incentivized to help you, I get to do that. And I'm the one with boots on the ground that is better suited to do it versus somebody who's been out of the business for 25 years. Um, so yeah, I, it has changed my life and it's changing the lives of many around me. So it's it's been pretty awesome. So, you know, you're talking about where you are today and starting that fostering group of, um, yeah. which is really nice. Um, what other little passion projects do you have going on right now? So I love um, Airbnbs. So I'm buying, I want to buy unique Airbnbs around the the country locally first, if I can. So like little historic uh, buildings that I can kind of renovate and then run as a little hotel. So that's been fun for me because I love to decorate so I can remodel, I can decorate it and then keep adding, you know, um, personality to the house. Um, and I love shopping. So that's fun too. So that gets my, my designer passion projects out of the way. Um, I love thinking about how do I get my money to grow for me in my sleep. So the money that I'm getting every month in revenue share, I'm actually buying um, other investments and things that will leave a legacy for my family to where my kid, my grandkids, family members will never have to work again if they don't want to. So I don't ever want our family to have that Oh, I have to work. And some people say, well, that gives you grit and that gives you whatever. Well, it still comes from a sense of lack. And I came from a sense of lack growing up. I came from a sense of lack in different points in my life, which yes, made me a better person. But when we teach people, what do we say? Come from abundance, come from abundance. We want our children to be abundant. How can they be abundant if they don't have anything? And so when I 
talked with my son, I'll ask him, Michael, what do you want for Christmas? I don't know. Like he has everything. I would have had a list of 52 pages if you yep. would ask me at 16, what do you want? This, 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 this. Why? Because I had a sense of lack. And um, so a lot of times it used to scare me because he doesn't have that. But he also has a mind where I think I'm going to teach him wealth building, investing at a young, young age. And then he can, you know, do what he really wants in life and not have the worry of bills, bills, bills and bills. Um, yeah. So he, you know, yeah. Oh, I think that's good. And I and I like the way that you're taking the money and building on the money and investing the money. And, and it's mm -hmm. not so much that the money's coming in and mm -hmm. they're doing nothing, you know, right. you're, you're training them to do nothing. And, and um, it's good to learn how to invest and how yeah. to make that money grow and yes. be there 10 years, 50 years, 60 years from now. Exactly. And just let it keep exactly. rolling and rolling. Yeah. Because think about, you know, most adults make a decision at 18 or 19 at that young, young age of what they're going to do for the rest of their life. It's crazy, right? We're not even mm -hmm. developed mentally, but yet we're making life decisions that are supposed to take us for the next 40 years of our life. And I think a lot of times as adults, we go through a decade and then another decade. And by the 15th to 20th year in the career we picked, we're like, is this what I really would have done if I had the money in the bank? If I tell everybody, if you have $50 million in the bank today, would you do the job you're doing today? And I bet you 75% of humans would say no that I would, I would switch careers if they had the money. So to be able to have a, a life for him where he can pivot, I don't want him to be lazy. And my right. biggest fear is that he's just going to be a lazy, you know, good for nothing laying around the house. I won't let him do that though. So that's the difference. Um, he will have requirements, but the point is I, I want him to have an abundant life where he can pick what he wants to do and not worry about money. Right. No. And that's so, good. Yeah. All right. So business aside, um, what do you like to do? Like, what's I your, love to, what's yeah, I love to do a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so travel is my first and foremost love passion. It. I love travel. So I want to live for two months every year in a European country and really kind of just live in that village, you know, so that's going to be a passion project for us to live somewhere else. Um, I love to golf. Um, so it's a game against yourself, which is amazing. So I'm trying to get my, you know, I'm trying to get down to like a 10 handicap, um, golfing. Um, I, I mean, really other than that, I love to be around people, you know, I love to entertain and have friends over. Um, so between travel and golf, and then now a passion project with helping young adults, um, change their life between their mindset and their vision of what their life could be. I think I'll have plenty to do. Yeah. What's your favorite place to travel to? Are you a beach person, city person, mountain person? Um, so I think I'm more of a, um, a mountain and city person. The beach is fun and I love beaches. They're beautiful, but I'm not a sit on the beach all day. I love to be going around touring cities and, and just seeing the culture and, um, yeah, I like to be on the go when I'm traveling, not just being on, on a beach doing nothing. So nice, nice. Yeah. And yeah. then you've got, um, uh, a project, um, is it on YouTube that it's going to be the, the real talk 
Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you got? Because I love so that. So that is, um, yeah, that's my husband's little project because he loves, you know, being in the studio. He was a musician and he still is. And uh -huh. um, so he has a podcast right now, the 12 Mile Podcast. So he decided, hey, why don't we do a show where we interview people like this? Kind of, you know, hear about them a little more than the fluff of here's what I did in my business. Um, let's get down and, and meet the person. Let's see what their likes and dislikes are. So, so that's his little passion project and I'm just along for the ride. So yeah, there you go. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. So where do you, I think we covered it where you see yourself in five years, 10 years. Um, I think your vision and your vision board in your mind of where you're going to be is awesome. And I'm yeah. super, super excited for you. Um, you. I think, you know, you, you guys set yourself up well, um, and you're taking care of people along the way. And I think that's awesome. Um, and you know, I just, where can people, where can people find you? How do they find um, you? So, I mean, YouTube is probably the biggest, you know, I started that a couple of years ago and, and so, yeah, just Tina call YouTube or at call group on Instagram. I'm pretty much everywhere. I kind of jumped into social media a couple of years ago and it's been, been awesome. So do you run your own social media or do you have somebody that helps you with it? I do. So for the first, for the last six months, I have somebody who posts for me five days a week, but I write the write up. So she kind of makes it look pretty. Um, but I do all of my own YouTube. I, I edit the videos. Now I have Jenna who's helping me with that. So we're starting to get some help, which is great. Um, but yeah, since from when I started till now, I, I used to do my social media at night. So I call it doing my running my business in the day, building my empire at night. Oh, very good. Laying in like bed. <laughs> Doing your too. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Not I, enough time in the day. Not enough time in the day. No, there isn't. Did you ever hire a, a social media coach or are you just plugging along? No, I, I'm a, the one superpower that I have. Well, number one is patience. I'm very patient knowing that if I set out to do a goal, it's not going to happen overnight. So there is no get rich quick schemes in life. You have to build and work at everything. Um, but it's that I'm very resourceful. So if I want to learn about YouTube, I'm going to study everybody on YouTube and I'm going to see what they do. I'm going to ask them questions. I'm going to, you know, investigate. I should have probably been an FBI agent. Yeah. Um, that would have been a fun job, but I, um, I do like to do my research and then I reach out and I seek out information. It's amazing how many people don't reach out to others and ask them, Hey, how did you do it? Um, every month I have a handful of people that reach out and they'll say, how can you help me do that? Or you inspired me. And, and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Cause I was that person, but yeah, people rarely reach out to ask and yeah. I'm a question asker. That's where you are. That's why you're where you are today. Because yeah. people don't want to look dumb. Yeah. And they I, I don't want to be vulnerable and they exactly they hide behind that. But uh yeah. no, that's awesome. Um yeah. hey, I appreciate this. This was yeah. this was a good little sit down and chat. Um, super excited for you. And you guys have you created something that's very awesome there. And and I'm sure that the people that work for you are are super appreciative of of you um, for that. Well, I, I hope, so. I hope yeah. so. So thank you, Robert. I appreciate that. And hopefully we'll meet in person one day at one yes, of our, ma'am. That would be awesome. awesome. But All thank right. you we so much. Care. You have a good rest of your day. You too. We'll All see right. you later. Bye -bye. Bye.
Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Beyond Grip with your host, me, Robert Young. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. Tell somebody about it. You can find this podcast on all major podcast platforms. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday for another exciting success story of somebody going beyond grit. Until then, take care.